You're listening to an Airwave Media Podcast. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Recorded in Chicago, Illinois, with your hosts, Ken, Matt, Neil, and Jeff, this is Triviality. Hello and welcome to Triviality, the game where a lack of seriousness meets a little bit of knowledge. My name is Neil, and I'm sitting here with a full house, uh, not the show, but with Matt, Ken, and Jeff. How are you, you, Matt? You don't have to make that joke every time. That was the first time I made it. I disagree. Well, I like your hoodie that you're wearing today, Matt. I was uh, very fond of it. It's got orange and green and red. It looks like a little bit Arizona flavored. Yeah. It well, looks like you should own like a an artisan coffee shop in Phoenix. I don't do any of those things. But I would love to be in Phoenix. It's very cold. Yeah, it is very cold today. Ken, how are you today? Welcome to Triviality, the game where like seriousness makes a little bit of knowledge. Ken, we already did that part. It's okay. Oh, uh, sorry. Oh, oh, I woke oh. up. <laughs> <laughs> Ken was in a coma for, for six years, but he's here. I have a podcast? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff, how are you? Would that be the worst way to wake up from a coma? Yes. <laughs> Just like, oh, I'm a podcaster. <laughs> oh, no, no income, no friends. Uh, oh, you no. said it, buddy. <laughs> uh, Jeff, how are you feeling today? Uh, I mean, I had no friends before the show, but um, yeah, I'm feeling pretty good, actually. Good. I wore my Ted Lasso shirt for you. My, uh, yeah, my I Greyhounds. love your AFC Richmond. Yep. I'm very jealous. I was thinking about buying one. It looks very nice. Is that a real team or a fake team? It's fictional. The fake team from Ted Lasso. But Richmond is a neighborhood in London outside. It's a suburb okay. you can go to. Uh, fun fact for you. Do they have any good meatball shops? It's a, scr- it's a Scranton of, of the UK. <laughs> I guess it could be, yeah. Um, we do have some very special guests here. Uh, we had a, a little bit of a technical snafu before we started, so we're actually recording on a different platform today. So apologies if any sound things happen. But I don't think they will, but just to say that up front so that we're absolved of any hatred by the end of the episode by your emails. And whose fault is that? Well, it's going to be our <laughs> it's going to be our guest host today. Uh, we playfully said it was all her fault, uh, but we're so happy to have her here. She's an Oakland Five supporter on Patreon, uh, coming to us from Brooklyn, and that is Christina Loper. How are you, Christina? I'm great. How are you today? And really, before we cast aspersions, we should say it was just technical difficulties, mm-hmm. which, which happens, happens to everybody, happens including every us, especially yes. us. Computers yes. are hard. Yeah. And they don't have pills for computer technical difficulties yet, so Pfizer, get on it. Yeah. Yeah, no, techno- technology is not my strongest suit, and uh, I'm very, very sorry for all the disturbances. Oh, don't don't apologize. No, no, we, this is fun, because we get to know you a little bit better, and we have to spend some time troubleshooting, so... Um, tell us a little bit about yourself and uh, what you're up to over in Brooklyn. Um, well, I actually just moved to Brooklyn about six months ago, so I'm still fairly new to it. Uh, I used to live in Asheville, North Carolina, so definitely quite the quite the change of pace. Um, I'm an archaeologist. I work for a nonprofit called IRLab, stands for Institute in Research and Learning in Archaeology and Bioarchaeology. Uh, I moved wow. to Brooklyn to pursue performance. I actually start at Lee Strasberg's Theater and Film Institute tomorrow. So, wow. congrats. That's, That's awesome. So really cool. Got Very a lot excited. going for you. And oh, what's wow. that like? <laughs> <laughs> Good luck to you at Lee Strasberg. You'll join uh, illustrious students such as Marilyn Monroe and Laura Dern and that's going to be awesome. So please keep us updated on that. Are they still there? Uh, Lorden is just, she lives at Lily Strasberg Institute. Okay. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, thank you very much for joining us. And you wrote today's game, but we need a, a competitor. And the person that brought us all together today uh, is uh, Christina's sister. So uh, we'd love to introduce her coming to us from Greenville, South Carolina. And that is Lauren Couchois. She's an Oakland Five supporter as well. Thank you for joining us. Thank you, guys. I'm so excited to be here. And this is awesome. 
And we talked about uh, how you found the show a little bit before we started recording, but you've been listening almost as long as we've been on the air, right? Yeah. Yeah, I found you guys early on in your first year, and uh, I really tried to turn everybody I know onto it. <laughs> I've promoted you guys on Facebook. I tell complete strangers, like, hey, there's this really great podcast. You're out there um, doing your job. We appreciate battle. it. We yeah. appreciate it. <laughs> no, I really do. I tell everybody about you guys, so this is super cool for me. Let that be a lesson to you other listeners. <laughs> <laughs> Who do nothing. <laughs> uh, well, thank you for doing hey, that. And, all you uh, do is sit and enjoy the show. Thank you. Yeah, and for the person who did email and said uh, someone in South Carolina screamed at me to check out your podcast, <laughs> that was definitely Lauren's work. Um, tell us a little bit about yourself and also about uh, the little fans in your house who we've uh, gotten the pleasure of seeing pictures, you know, drinking out of our mugs. Yeah, so I moved to Greenville um, just under two years ago with my amazing family, Kyle and my daughter, Olive, and my son, Cal. And uh, Olive and Cal Pal are avid listeners with me. And uh, I think I recently, or when I first reached out to you guys, credited them with, um, or credited you, sorry, with them being quiet in the car because I love to listen to you guys. So Olive and Cal Pal, they um, will probably listen to this one too. But I moved to Greenville. Shout out oh. to them, and and when 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 they're uh, a little bit cranky before bedtime, you just put on Triviality, and very right quickly they're right to sleep, just like whale sounds. Soothed, yeah, soothed, right to sleep. But I moved out here for um, work. I'm a registered dietitian. I work for the school district here in the food and nutrition department, and I oversee all of our farm to school activities. And um, the other big project that I do is I work with our special education students who may not be on track for their high school diploma, but we work with them to get employability credentials. So when they get out of high school, they can go into the workforce and uh, we help teach them some culinary skills. And that's nice. probably the coolest thing I do here. Very nice. cool. That's wonderful. Uh, yeah, we have some experience here with Colleen and, and Angie and, uh, and uh, Ken has subbed a little bit in some special education classes. So you do some very important work. So thank you for doing that. Oh, it's my pleasure. It is the best. So we do have two sisters here today. They aren't going to be fighting to the death or anything like that. Christina is going to be hosting, uh, and uh, Lauren is going to be playing. But, Lauren, I believe you chose Jeff as your partner. Is that right? I did. I think we're going to hopefully our strengths will complement each other, I'm hoping. And if not, I apologize, Jeff, in advance. Oh, no worries. And I was told you're so excited to be on the show that you just can't hide it. <laughs> is that right? So your I'll team name? on caffeine pills. I'm so excited. And so your team name today? We're going to be Spano's Excitement, like Jesse Spano. Awesome. So Spano's Excitement versus Matt, you and Ken? Uh, yeah, we're going to stick with the Woe Bayside theme, and we're going to go with the uh, Mario Lopez dispensers. All right. Uh, so Mario Lopez dispensers versus Spano's Excitement. I might play Quick Draw or just kind of hang out in the background and keep score, but in order to play the game, we need the rules, so let's hear them. The rules of the game are simple. 20 questions split into two rounds worth 10 points apiece. At halftime, there'll be a special swing round designed by this week's host. After regulation, players will enter the final round with the points that they've accumulated and will have a chance to wager 0 to 30 points on five categorized questions. At the end of the game, someone will be named the cream of the crop. I am the cream, yeah, the cream of the crop. All right, well, Christina, um, feel free to take it away. We're excited to hear the game. Question one. The average infant skeleton has about 231 bones, but the average adult human skeleton is comprised of 206 bones. This is due to the fact that many bones fuse throughout our childhood and adolescence during different phases of development. The last bone to fully fuse to complete an adult skeleton is also the most commonly broken bone and gets its name from the Latin translation of small key. What is this bone? Jeff, we can lock in. Oh, oh. perfect. Christina, right. I, I listen sometimes when she talks, and I've heard this before. Oh, it's not wow. because you're a prolific bone breaker? <laughs> I am. Actually, it's one of the very few bones I've ever fractured is this bone. Yep. Okay. okay. Wow. So, so knowing uh, that she broke this bone. Okay, I don't know. So. Yes. Clavicle, maybe? What What makes you think it's clavicle? The Alkaline Trio song. <laughs> I knew that's what it was, <laughs> but that doesn't... Uh, I, I don't know. Yeah. I just don't know whatever what else could be small key and what would be like especially breakable. Yeah, I think I always thought that the most broken bones would be something in your fingers, but I don't know what could fuse together there. So, um, I'm good with clavicle. All right, <laughs> Lauren. Uh, so uh, what, uh, what were you thinking on this one? 
All right, I'm pretty sure it is clavicle. I fractured this playing <laughs> rugby, and uh, it hurt like a son of a gun, but I'm also pretty sure it's how you can determine age when you're studying bones. And it is your clavicle. Um, wow. <laughs> the perks of being my sister and listen, listening to me geek out on skeletons. <laughs> Correct. Wow. Yeah. yeah, the only bones I've ever studied had David Boreanaz in it. <laughs> oh, Matt, since, since, the, since the kids might be listening... Since the kids might be listening, I won't say what I want to say to you. I'll just say you are a poo-poo head. All right, fair enough. All right, question two. Similar to how humans feel the hairs rise on the back of their neck, dogs and other mammals also experience this effect when they feel threatened or stressed, where a patch of hair raises along their backs called their what? Scruff is the thick part by their neck, right? Yeah, where you grab dogs by the scruff if they're into a fight so that you can safely... Yeah, because the, the parents carry the dog by the scruff. I think it's, my dog used to do this all the time. And my mom always said it's because she was part Razorback. But I think my mom was making stuff up. Let's let's say it. Razorback. Locked in. I think it's haunches. When, they, when the hair raises up on their haunches would be my guess. So I'm good with haunches. Okay. This is called your hackles. Your hackle. Oh, the hackles. Uh, the old hackles. That's what happens when dogs do stand-up and people don't like it. <laughs> All right, this one's a little bit wordy. In 1974, a rivalry game of the Cleveland Indians versus the Texas Rangers became the location of one of the most chaotic scenarios in sports history when in an attempt to attract Cleveland fans to the stadium, a promotion was run of selling beer for a fraction of the price with absolutely no purchase limit. This resulted in drunken fans running on the field, streaking, assaulting Rangers players, bases and stadium seats being stolen, nine arrests, and the umpire eventually calling the only forfeit in Rangers history, with the Rangers being victorious with a 9-0 lead. Based on the alcohol promotion that caused the chaos, what is this legendary game known as? It sounds like an average game at Wrigley Field. (laughs) I actually uh, know this one. Yeah, being a, a Cleveland fan as a little boy, do you know Matt? No, I, you know when I think of I think of uh, chaotic sports games like that. I think of the disco demolition and uh, yeah, Comiskey, where the, a similar scene happened, but there was a lot more record burning and chaos. Um, so no idea. No, I think I think we can lock in with something. Um, I think I I have something I could think of. So okay, we're locked in. Um, I wonder if maybe they were selling like Budweiser and it was like the Budweiser brouhaha. I don't have anything it's better. Enough. <laughs> I like the it. Beer, the beer bash. I'm not sure. I think I think it's just named after what it was. I think it's just called like 25 cent beer night. You're close, but it was the 70s. So I believe it's 10 cent beer night. It is 10 cent beer night. Damn. Nice try. Yeah, I hit the wrong that, coin. <laughs> they say that um, at least 60,000 cups of beer were sold. Wow. That's insane. <laughs> There's actually that's only $6,000 <laughs> yeah, in no. beer sales. That's two beers at Wrigley. <laughs> yeah, that's true. All right, question four. Before the emergence of modern psychology, many scientists believed that you could decipher someone's character and diagnose mental illnesses based solely on the shape, curves, and dents on the surface of the cranium. This pseudoscience gets its name from the Greek word for mind and is known as what? Mm. If you trust me, Lauren, I think we're good. 100% trust you. Yes. Got it. You don't have to. I'm but kind of forgetting. I think they... I, want, I want you to say your thought out loud before I poison your mind. No, I don't really remember. I know that they mentioned it in uh, Django. It's a big part is of it. The... Is it phrenology? That sounds that sounds right. Yeah. Should we just go with that? Yeah, I'm, I'm good with that. All right. I think they're right. Um, I think it's phrenology. It is phrenology. All right. Nice. Here, give me your head, Neil. <laughs> Let me see. Okay. All right. We're going to start drawing Sharpies. This, this region means it. that... Uh, oh, you, whoa, you, what was that? Oh, sorry. <laughs> Didn't mean to touch that. Right, moving on. Please do. I like how much do. just cracked himself up. Yeah. <laughs> right. Just happy to be here. <laughs> I know. <Five. laughs> 
In 2016, Hamilton almost broke the record for most Tony Awards won in a single year with 16 nominations and 11 wins. However, what Broadway musical still holds the record for most awards from its 2001 debut with 15 nominations and 12 wins? It transitioned to the screen four years later, starring its two original main characters. Yep, I think I know this one uh, after a little bit of thought, so we're going to lock in. Yeah, this is not good for me. This doesn't sound like any musicals that I was really into. I guess we'll say Chicago, for lack of a better answer. Sounds good. Okay. I told Jeff it's kind of funny that he doesn't know it, if I'm correct, because, yes, I think you saw it. It's the producers. Oh, son of a... <laughs> no. what, we saw it together, right? I have seen it in theater. No, the, the musical we saw. Oh, yeah, I mean, we saw it in theater. Like, yeah, in the, the theater. theater. Yeah. The theater. <laughs> Sorry. The not theater. The, not theaters. <laughs> yes, it is the producers. Oh, damn it. I know Lauren's extra kicking herself because she and I used to watch the outtakes of that movie on repeat. Yeah, if you all ever get the opportunity, there's one with a nun in particular that is the best. How were there that many outtakes from the movie when they were performing it live for like five (laughs) years at that point? Yeah, there are a lot though. Nathan Lane definitely goes in and out of character a lot, but yeah, they're hysterical if you get a chance to to watch them. Well, after after, uh, five questions, it looks like uh, Spano's excitement with 20 points and just nearly ahead of them, Mario Lopez dispensers with 30. So very close. And speaking of Broadway, Lauren, uh, this is only meant as a compliment. You remind me of Sutton Foster. (gasps) That is the biggest compliment ever in your face, Christina. Yeah, I know. (laughs) (laughs) I love Sutton Foster, probably not as much as Christina does, but thank you very much. She made my year and it just got started. Didn't mean to start in a sibling rivalry. Oh, this is fantastic. Christina reminds us of Futt and Soster. Right. Famed vaudevillian Lee Strasberg student, Futt and Soster. Oh, my Lord. My notoriety. All right. Question six. What massive archaeological site is located deep in the Guatemalan forest, was considered the Mayan capital, and is also the filming location for one of the final shots in Star Wars A New Hope? Do you know this one, Lauren? No, I I haven't a clue, with the exception of the Shawshank uh, little reference I'm there. I'm struggling with the Tenochtitlan, I, but I think that became Mexico City, and so I don't know... That's my closest guess for Mayan capital. So, and that's kind of what I'm basing my answer on. So, sounds good. If you're to me. A, well, we will go with Tenochtitlan. And I appreciate Jeff saying it out loud first. And I will also <laughs> say Tenochtitlan. <laughs> this is actually to call. Uh, oh, no. It's one of my favorite places I've ever been to. If you get a chance to go to Guatemala, I hate to be that person, but it's worth definitely worth doing the trek to it. All right. Question seven. Italian is considered one of the most romantic languages, but some of the most commonly known words in food are anything but beautiful. For five points apiece, what three Italian pastas translate in English to mean little pens, little tongues, and little worms? Well, I'm thinking linguini for linguistic, your tongue. Linguini would be a tiny tongue. I like that uh, thought. For farm to school, we do a lot of vermiculture, which is with worm casting. So I was thinking so vermicelli. Vermicelli, nice. Mm-hmm. And then the only other thing that I'm noticing between the two is that it ends in a like a I sound. So I didn't know maybe cannellini or penne came to mind, but I think that's penne just the way came to mind, but just pen. Yeah, yeah. You seem to be very strong on these, so I will let I will let you pick. Oh, that's a mistake. But okay. <laughs> <laughs> Well, if we get two of them, that's five points apiece. So. Yeah, linguini, vermicelli for sure. And let's just say penne, because if it's pen and it's not penne, then we'd kick ourselves, right? Yeah. All right. We too said uh, penne and linguini. And I think for the other one, what did we say? Uh, Facili. Ah, Facili, Jerry. Ah, (laughs) Facili. It is penne, linguini, and vermicelli. Hey, Hey. 15 points. Thanks, Lauren. 
Nice. I've peeped, and that's that. <laughs> no, that's not how that works. <laughs> I, I was, do you Onwards have a, and upwards. Do you have a, a Fuseli Jerry? Like a maybe they make those. They have. They to. do. Yeah. Okay. I mean, or it's on Etsy, like as we speak. Okay. I'm have to get We're one. speaking it into existence right now. Okay. I'm now opening up an Etsy store. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Question eight. Sharing the same homeland as Che Guevara, what country is Pope Francis from? We can lock in, actually. Great. <laughs> I love me some Che Guevara. Your favorite movie by Steven Soderbergh, Che. Actually, I was a bigger fan of the Motorcycle Diaries, but... Mm. Uh, uh, Pope is from Argentina? Yeah, that makes sense. I think he is. Okay. So we're going to say Argentina. Yeah, I think he's the first Pope from South America, and uh, I'm pretty sure Che Guevara is from Argentina, so that's what we locked in. It is Argentina. Nice job. Here's how bad my brain works. Anytime I hear Pope... I think of the Santa Claus when Tamale goes, Popo Gijo. That's all I hear in my head. I thought you thought of young Pope Jude Law. I mean, if if all our popes were like Jude Law and young young Pope, then it'd be great. Neil, the the way your mind works is fascinating. We don't need to. Like, think about the Anna Leibowitz Vanity Fair cover with young Pope. The pop culture part of his skull is very big, it's very bulbous. That's why my head is so large, just in the wrong places. Oh, boy. Okay, question nine. What northeastern state has the highest alcohol sales in the country and is known as the drunkest state? However, that title may not actually be true, given given that it is one of two states in the country with no alcohol tax, prompting bordering residents to cross over and purchase alcohol in bulk. All right, we're locked in. I'm not a big drinker, um, so I don't know, Lauren, if you happen to know. No, I'm trying to think of a northeast state where that might be. Like, why would that even be a thing where they don't have a? I mean, is it like Maine, and they're just trying to get people to buy stuff in the state, or could be a toss-up? I'm trying to think. Uh, maybe that's why uh, New Hampshire's slogan is "Live free or die." <laughs> um, you know, I'm not sure. Or Pennsylvania, <laughs> maybe, because mm. they're close to like. A bunch of states where somebody could go over and I don't know. I am grasping at this point. I like our joke, uh, the joke answer of New Hampshire for Let's live for your die. So since we don't have any idea. Sounds good to me. Uh, yeah, we're not 100% sure either. I haven't spent that much time in the Northeast, but uh, we just went with Maine because why not? Live free or die. It is New Hampshire. Oh, wow. <laughs> love it. <laughs> I love when a joke pans Freak out. Freak luck. <laughs> All right, question 10. This might be my favorite question. <laughs> All right, question 10. At the peak of boy band mania, MTV debuted a satirical boy band movie and later mm. spin-off TV show in the year 2000. Locked in. <laughs> yeah, same. <laughs> <laughs> okay, go ahead. The fictional band's members included Jerry O'Keefe, Chad Linus, and Jason QT McKnight. Fiction or not, the band produced major hits like Say It, Don't Spray It, and the hardest part of breaking up is getting back your stuff. What was the name of this band? Mm. I'm, I'm pretty sure, Jeff. Okay, <laughs> yeah. I, I'm, I'm with not you. It's not No. It's, is this making the cut or whatever the No, those dreams, the dreams may have been liquid, but they were real. Yeah, <laughs> that was a real band. <laughs> this one had uh, you plus me equals us as their other exactly. top hit. Uh, we know it's together, you and me forever. Yep, either together or to get her. Oh, that's right. I forgot there's the, yeah, but it is together. And <laughs> let me tell you, me cleaning my house, listening to this album last night, <laughs> it, it was lit in this house. It was amazing. Uh, well, it looks like after the first round, we have some updated scores here. Team Mario Lopez Dispenser is picking up an extra 30, bringing their total to 60. And Spano's Excitement is picking up an extra 45, bringing their total to 65. Respect. So mm -hmm. very, very close. Respect. And as we said at the beginning of the show, uh, Lauren and Christina are both Patreon supporters. So if you'd like to join them in supporting us, you can go to patreon.com slash trivialitypodcast. You get a bunch of extra audio content. We're going to be doing some uh, special games and streams for uh, Patreon members. Is that right, Matt? Yeah, there's going to be some new uh, live streams. You can play along with us. That's going to be on our Twitch. There'll be more details in the crop. So if you're not following us on Facebook at the crop, you should probably get on over there. Yeah, and if you're on our Discord, uh, Instagram, any of the social media uh, channels that we have, we do our monthly crop drop, which is mm -hmm. sort of an Ask Me Anything style episode each month. 
and you can join Christina and Lauren in uh, sending in embarrassing questions for us to answer, which we will. We have no shame about. Yeah. Uh, do we have a TikTok yet? Uh, we don't have a TikTok yet because I feel like if that happens, uh, my world would devolve into darkness. <laughs> okay. So yeah, we don't have that yet. Um, but uh, Christina, um, why don't you let us know what uh, the swing around category is today? We're excited. All right. Today's swing round, I'm calling Diva's Lament. So I have 10 quotes said by 10 different notorious female singers, and you just have to match the singer to the quote. Some of these quotes are song lyrics, but most of them are not. All right. So I'll, I'll first start off and I'll read you the 10 women. We have Mariah Carey, Taylor Swift, Cher, Tina Turner, Nicki Minaj, Madonna, Britney Spears, Cardi B, Lady Gaga, and Dolly Parton. Quote one, sick and perverted always appeals to me. Quote two, men should be like Kleenex, soft, strong, and disposable. Quote three, I've always been famous. It's just no one knew it yet. Quote four. It costs a lot of money to look this cheap. Quote five. All you need to do to be my friend is like me. Six. I will never give in to old age until I'm old. And I'm not old yet. Quote seven. Time is irrelevant to me. I never wear a watch. Number eight. Mind over matter. I don't mind and you don't matter. Quote nine, the cool thing about being famous is traveling. I've always wanted to travel across seas, like to Canada and stuff. <laughs> and quote, be careful with me. Yeah, it's not a threat. It's a warning. Okay, we're going to spend some time going over these great quotes, and we'll be back with but our wait, answers. You know, before before we go to the uh, the break, I'm mm. just going to get get my advanced copy of this this book I have. Let me flip to a page and get some good advice here. What is this, by the way, Neil? That is my my new book coming out, April twenty sixth. Uh, it's called "Being Patrick Swayze: Essential Teachings from the Master of the Mullet." And what what advice am I reading right now? Uh, right now, you're reading the uh, Swayze Sutra, mm -hmm. uh, which is ways to enhance make your love, make love, or enhance your life <laughs> by using uh, moves that Swayze may, may have used. And uh, since I've uh, completed reading this book, I do feel more vitality, if you know what I mean. Oh, I know so what you all, mean. So I can see also, what you mean, too. So it also helps in that department, too, gentlemen, ladies. Well, yeah, mm -hmm. and if, if you'd like to join Ken in getting the book. Not uh, and, medical advice. Not medical advice, though. <laughs> yeah, if you want to help you know, support me, I'd appreciate it. Uh, after a few years of, of podcasting for you guys, you can uh, go to trivialitypodcast.com slash Swayze, S-W-A-Y-Z-E. And uh, up until March 1st, the publisher Chronicle Books is giving a little promo code for our listeners. Um, use the code Swayze. You'll get 30% off there. Um, or if you want to just buy it, you know, to an independent bookshop, which is mm -hmm. great. It's, it's worldwide at uh, all your favorite indie bookshops, Amazon, um, bookshop.org, all good places like that. Even Target, if you want to go to Target for 10 minutes and end up being there an hour, to pick up the book. But it uh, comes out April 26th. All the pre-orders are going to be super helpful. Uh, and also for listeners, uh, if you buy it and you'd like a signed copy, if you can't make it to a signing, if we end up being able to do them, you can email uh, me at beingpatrickswayze at gmail.com and uh, show me a receipt and I'll send you a custom book plate that you can put inside the book. There you go. All right, let's go to break. Welcome to From Beneath the Hollywood Sign. If you love old movies, Hollywood history, or the golden age of filmmaking, you've come to the right place. This is the podcast that talks about amazing stories of Tinseltown from another era and fascinating conversations with writer-producer Steve Kubine and actress-writer Nan McNamara. One particular argument, he ended up dislocating Ava's jaw. <gasps> Ava, she was such a tough cookie. Rather than cry or scream or anything like that, she... Or she, call the police. Or call the police, like she should have, exactly. <laughs> What does she do? She takes an ashtray and she knocks him over the head and knocks him unconscious. That's how she fought back. She didn't know what to do, so she called Louis B. Mayer. I think I've killed Howard Hughes. What do I do? Revisit a time when the pictures were still big and everyone was ready for their close-up. When you want Tyrone Power instead of Tom Hardy, Jennifer Jones instead of Jennifer Lawrence, or Robert Mitchum rather than Robert Pattinson, then From Beneath the Hollywood Sign is the gin joint for you. Want to learn how you can make smarter decisions with your money? Well, I've got the podcast for you. I'm Sean Piles, and I host NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. 
On our show, we help listeners like you make the most of your finances. I sit down with NerdWallet's team of nerds, personal finance experts in credit cards, banking, investing, and more. We answer your real-world money questions and break down the latest personal finance news. The nerds will give you the clarity you need by cutting through the clutter and misinformation in today's world of personal finance. We don't promote get-rich-quick schemes or hype unrealistic side hustles. Instead, we offer practical knowledge that you can apply in your everyday life. You'll learn about strategies to help you build your wealth, invest wisely, shop for financial products, and plan for major life events. And you'll walk away with the confidence you need to ensure that your money is always working as hard as you are. So turn to the nerds to answer your real-world money questions and get insights that can help you make the smartest financial decisions for your life. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. All right. I've just um, completed uh, Neil's book, and I I lost the last 10 pounds that I've been trying to lose. It's amazing, this book. There is a Swayze workout in there. Mm. I'm not saying it has medicinal value, but, you know, I've (laughs) I've received these benefits. Draw your own conclusions. Draw your own conclusions. (laughs) This is now the Joe Rogan podcast. <laughs> um, no, we're back. We have our answers. So let's get the quotes one more time, and we'll tell you what diva we think said it. All right. Number one, sick and perverted always appeals to me. Uh, we thought that this one was Nicki Minaj. All right. We thought that one was Cardi B. That is Miss Erotica Madonna. Uh, we used to have her sex book uh, my family household when I was a kid. Okay. As a collector's edition. As a collector's edition. Sometimes, Neil, you start a story, story, and you should have realized from the get-go. Just don't. When I was used to it. have her sex book in my household as a kid. Well, we're everything big... about that sentence is wrong. Well, we're big pop culture collectors. We we thought it would be uh, okay. you know expensive one day, which maybe it did. But uh, when I was saying that halfway through, I was like, this again. is going to sound really weird when it comes out. It only cost it you your family. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Number two, men should be like Kleenex, soft, strong, and disposable. What, what do you want me to read to you tonight, Neil? Good night, Moon, or Madonna's sex book? <laughs> <laughs> do you like this picture of her jaywalking naked on a desert street? Um, we thought this one was Mariah. And I vaguely remember, or I'm making it up, that Cher once talked about uh, or spoke about men being disposable. So we went Cher on this one. It is Cher. Mm. Nice. If I could turn back time. <laughs> would have got that right. Then maybe you would have found the way. Yeah. All right, number three. I've always been famous. It's just no one knew it yet. Uh, we said this one was Madonna, so. Wrong. Yeah. And we said this one was Minaj. This is Lady Gaga. Mm. That makes sense. Yeah, she, she grew up with a rather wealthy family. Mm-hmm. So. All Stephanie. Right. Number four. It costs a lot of money to look this cheap. This one I'm pretty sure is Dolly. Yeah, this one Jeff and I both felt real strong in that this was the wonderful Dolly Parton. This is the East Tennessee queen herself, Dolly Parton. All right, number four. Start, nope, just kidding. <laughs> Good joke. <laughs> number five. <laughs> All you need to do to be my friend is like me. Uh, this seemed wholesome enough to be uh, Taylor Swift. And we had the exact same logic, so we said Swift. Like wholesome on the surface, but like terribly dark. <laughs> yeah, just like there. one layer below. Yeah, just like me. Well, your analysis is correct. It is Taylor Swift. All right, number six. I will never give in to old age until I become old, and I'm not old yet. I thought this was a share, but no. And we went to Tina Turner. It is Tina Turner. Mm-hmm. She is. I don't even know how old Tina Turner is now, but she's still killing it on stage not old yet good for not old yet. exactly yeah all right number seven time is irrelevant to me i never wear a watch uh this one we said was lady gaga this felt super diva-ish so i went mariah carey on this one i as if i'm on my own team here sorry jeff we went no mariah. no hey we all know who's doing the heavy lifting here <laughs> oh lauren you're right it is mariah carey mm. All right, number eight, mind over matter. I don't mind and you don't matter. Uh, we thought this was Tina Turner. And we said Gaga. This is actually a song lyric um, from Nick, uh, from Nicki Minaj. Mm. Okay. Probably because I didn't rap it. It didn't come across. 
right. That was the problem, yeah. <laughs> the cool thing about being famous is traveling. I've always wanted to travel across seas, like to Canada and stuff. I actually think I remember this quote. It might have been from that uh, Diane Walters interview that she did uh, when she was young, but I think it's Britney Spears. Yeah, we said uh, Britney herself. It is Britney Spears. Did you say Diane Walters? I did. That's Barbara wrong. Walters. That's who I meant. That's Barbara Walters. Baba. Yeah. All right, number 10. Be careful with me. Yeah, it's not a threat. It's a warning. Uh, we said Cardi. And we said Madonna. This is the regular, degular, schmegular girl from the Bronx, Cardi B. After the swing round, it looks like Mario Lopez Dispensers is picking up 20 points, bringing their total to 80. And Spano's Excitement is picking up 30 points, bringing their total to 95. All right. So round two, question one. The Australian flag shares the same colors as its mother country, England, red, white, and blue. However, during the Olympics, Australia bears the colors green and gold to represent their national flower. Not to be confused with the fleshy part that hangs from a rooster's throat, what is this flower called? That's fine. All right. We're locked in with garbage. Oh, yes. All right, Lauren. Did you hear anything in there that uh, rang a bell? No, it's one of those frustrating things where I know I've heard this before, but I got nowhere with it, with the exception of trying to think about what that thing on a rooster is called. And is it called a gaggle? I think a gaggle is like a collection of... Geese. Birds. Birds or geese, yeah. A gaggle of geese. Uh, yeah. Why do I... I can't be a gobbler. That that just seems... Yeah, wrong. I don't think that that's... I feel like it starts with an... I want to say rosette, and that's the spots on a jaguar, so that's way off. Um, but it like... You just made Neil very happy. <laughs> Ken's looking at me waiting for to go, shadow. strongest bite in the, in the class. <laughs> a jaguar? A jaguar. Uh... Mm-mm. No, we can tap. I'm, I'm not coming up with anything. Okay. We wrote down gizzard, but I think that's like a turkey thing. And uh, we just said crest. I think the gizzards are the internal organs. Maybe. This is called the waddle. Mm. Oh, <laughs> interesting. That's because when they go, waddle, 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 waddle. That's where it comes, that's where it comes from. <laughs> Turkeys again. Have you ever killed a turkey with your bare hands? <laughs> no. <laughs> Just say what that to it? someone out of out of place in a normal sound conversation. Like a Jonathan, uh, <laughs> sounded like Jonathan Frakes asking me that. Uh, <laughs> oh my god! You ever killed a turkey with your bare hands? You ever done your taxes naked? <laughs> Are we done? Yeah, Deep breath, done. everyone. Right. No, there's nowhere. It's preferably while you're reading Madonna's sex book. <laughs> we don't even, we're so far off the rails, we didn't even see him anymore. <laughs> All right, question two. Salvatore Ferragamo was a popular Italian fashion designer who in the late 1930s invented a now well-known shoe when the emergence of World War II created a leather and rubber shortage, making him resort to alternative materials such as chunks of wood and cork fashion height in a heel what is this shoe known as today do you know this no i i have a clue i think a cork i think of a wedge because the majority okay. of wedges i've seen are you know, have that cork bottom but uh yeah I, I was thinking a similar thing with wedges uh i mean i've seen heels made out of cork but usually yeah wedge sounds good to me yeah and i think that these shoes might actually be more closely associated with dutch and in that area but we're going with clogs it is the wedge nice mm-hmm. Good job. All right, question three. Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds by the Beatles was playing in the background when a student from Arizona State University discovered partial remains of a hominid relative that we loosely call the missing link in evolution. Although mainstream media knows her as Lucy, what is the scientific name of her species? Yeah, so I think the other team was probably talking about how we're homo sapiens. I'm just trying to think back. I mean... Was she something like a Homo habilis, Homo erectus, Australopithecus? I'm just trying to remember. <laughs> Neil, do you know any of those words? Um, no comment. <laughs> <laughs> so um, let's say Homo habilis as a guess. Sounds good no to me. Idea. Yeah, we uh, rest on Homo habilis as well, though everything you said uh, we kicked around. 
This is a, you know it or you don't. She is a Australopithecus afarensis. So oh. almost Go far enough back. Yeah. <laughs> I was thinking uh, that too. But... So if you had a slanted cranium, you didn't have frontal lobes. And so you were, you did not have the genus homo. Ah, okay. Yeah. Question four. If you have a food sensitivity or allergy to bananas, avocados, chestnuts, kiwi, apples, papaya, and melons, what you may actually have is a cross-reactive allergy to what common material, which shares proteins similar to those in the tree sap from which it's made? We can lock in, Jeff. Oh, wonderful. Ooh. You do know food nutrition. I know allergies, so I think we're good. <laughs> I'm sure Perfect. I have that allergy. I'm pretty I to, sure I do. I have to yeah. learn what it is now because I, maybe I do. <laughs> I was thinking maybe like cellulose or that doesn't seem right. Cause well, those are most of those are fruits, so maybe like a fructose or a... no. She said it was protein. Oh, um, well, let's uh, say cellulose. Okay, I, I, I don't know. Lauren, you're pretty confident. What were you thinking? I'm I'm pretty sure this is a latex allergy, or a, mm. it's Ooh. that's the material. I'm good with that. It is latex. All right, good start, Matt. <laughs> <laughs> we're due <laughs> alright this next one's kind of long so I'll try to be quick All right. number five the legend of red ghost is an old tale from 1883 in the American southwest which entails an Arizona rancher finding an alleged 30 foot beast with a devilish looking creature strapped to its back the beast wreaked havoc on the area scaring locals and even trampling a woman to death the beast was eventually identified when a rancher rode up on it and realized that it was no more than the remains of a soldier strapped in the saddle of what animal? This animal was probably unrecognizable by the locals as it was imported to the U.S. as part of a government project to survey the terrain of the Southwest. But after the Civil War began, the project was abandoned and the animals were auctioned off, sold to the circus, or let go free in the wild. Not, I mean, a lot like of overkill for the other one. <laughs> a lot of things come to mind. I, I I could see a camel, possibly if they're if they're trekking desert terrain, that would make sense to me. Um, Thirty foot makes me think it's something much larger, like a giraffe, which would be amazing. Um, this would be my new favorite story. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so that would be very rather uh, exotic looking too. You know, not something uh, anyone would have seen. So I don't know if you like either of those or. Yeah, no, those were. And in, in my, the only I had written down giraffe, moose, and camel. And my okay. only thought was that it went, like they released it, but I, I've never seen a moose at a circus. <laughs> so giraffe or camel to me, but I know um, when Christina and I were younger, our mom used to work on um, film sets and they once had a giraffe for a Bush Gardens commercial and we had to clear the set because they were worried it would trample the children. So because of that, I'd, I'd lean towards giraffe. Yes, they can be. Uh, they can be quite dangerous. So I, uh, I like giraffe as an answer. I like giraffe too. We said camel. I was saying uh, elephant would be impractical. But, <laughs> um, a giraffe makes sense because actually you would be riding it pretty high and you'd be able to see, see around for the surveying. So. And they're used to desert areas. But, yeah, and... we said we said camel. Well, it was allegedly thirty feet. Uh, it is a camel. All right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Giraffe would have been cool, though. <laughs> I kind of wanted it to happen. I was trying to will it into existence. I know. I felt really bad. I could see how much you wanted it. <laughs> like giraffes. So. After five questions, uh, looks like Team Mario Lopez Dispensers only picked up uh, 10 points, so they're going to be at 90. And uh, so excited. I completely forgot Just the name. Just can't hide it. Yes, thank you. They, <laughs> they picked up uh, 20 points, so they're going to be at 115. Team too excited. Too excited. Spano's excitement. Mm -hmm. Okay, question six. What Japanese cuisine is a staple noodle variety in the region of Nagano, is made mostly or entirely out of buckwheat, can be served hot or cold, and is considered the healthiest noodle due to its low-fat content? Locked in. Yeah, I put my pen down when you said Japanese cuisine. And you looked at Ken, and you're like, <laughs> I don't have to worry about this. Yeah. Do you have any thoughts, Jeff? I'm trying to think of Nagano noodles that I know. I don't know. Good alliteration. Udon noodles, soba noodles. What do I know about noodles? Not enough. Um, do you have any idea? The one thing that popped to my mind was udon. Udon? Okay. Mm -hmm. 
That was one of the ones that I had possibly thought. So we can go with udon. The key to this one is the buckwheat, which is the soba. Mm. It is soba. Nice stuff. Okay. Question seven. <laughs> My internet. What Japanese? No. <laughs> <laughs> In Ken's favorite anime. All right. Question seven. In the TV series Outlander, Claire gets stranded on an island and must survive on her own. Being an educated woman and doctor, she remembers the survival rules of three, which state what? Mm. I've never seen Outlander. No, you don't need to. You just need to know how to survive. Survive! I don't know how to do that either. For someone who hates the outdoors, I think I know these three. Yeah. We don't know if it's just like individual words or three pieces of sage wisdom yeah, I don't for know survival. This. I don't know this one offhand, so we can maybe try and figure it out, Lauren, unless you know it. No, I don't. And uh, this is one of those things where I'm going to go back and rewatch Outlander and, and see this and never forget it again. But I'm, I'm kind of with Ken in that I don't know, is it just three things or is it each thing is three something, if that makes well, sense. So what are you, you've seen the show, so anything no, from the, no, no, Lauren. No. Well, no, you're Ken looking has. directly in my eyes. <laughs> he has, Jeff. He loves the, the sensuous scenes that they have in Outlander. I mean, I've seen those scenes. Yeah. And you wear a kilt sometimes. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, is there any wisdom that you can glean from, I mean, do you always want to try and head downhill? Because that's how you eventually <laughs> will find a water source yeah. or like. Step one, cut a hole in the box. <laughs> <laughs> drink as much seawater as you can. Yeah, don't yeah. don't drink seawater. That's do for that. sure. Panic. If you want to survive, if you want to die, drink the seawater. <laughs> don't no, talk to really strangers. It's really embarrassing. My knowledge of this is coming from the episode of The Office where mm-hmm. Michael goes out and tries to <laughs> recreate survival. So yeah, I'm like, don't cut your too. pants yeah. into shorts. Survivor man. Yeah. Survivor. Yes. Yeah. You have to maintain um, your body temperature. Got to stay. Uh, Got to stay cool. Yes. Well, you cut your pants off and wrap them around your head. Eat um, any wild mushrooms you So find. you don't know? No, I don't know. What's your guess? I mean, I to know. me, the three uh, would be food, shelter, water, right? That's yeah, your three that, things. I mean, those, are your, those are your staples you need, yeah. Yeah, how about that? We said that too. So are those your loose answers? Mm-hmm. <laughs> tight, tight answers. I need a tight. No, it's fine. Um, so the rule of threes are, it's three rules that include the number three. You can go three minutes without air, Three days without water and three weeks without food. Mm. Oh, okay. Three minutes without air. Yeah, mm-hmm. right. Really Tell that to Kate Winslet. Let's mm-hmm. test it out, Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> three months without recording an episode of Triviality. Question eight: New Zealand artist Rachel Smythe created a webcomic about a modern retelling of Persephone and Hades's romance. Originally published in March of 2018. This series took off and became incredibly popular with 975 million views and 5.5 million subscribers on Webtoon. It was also announced in June of 2020 that Netflix will be making an animated TV series based on the comics. What is this comic series called? I've seen this, but I don't know what it's called at all. Have you heard of this one? No, no, I haven't at all. And of course, the only thing that comes to mind for me is uh, Hades Town, and I don't think that's what it would be. No, that um, was that was a musical, yes. Big year for yeah. Hades last year. Yeah. <laughs> you got the game Hades. Yeah. Pandemic. You got, <laughs> mm-hmm. you got Hades Town. Um, the comic. I'm trying to think of Tom Brady, uh, Hades. Is really hot. So hot right now. <laughs> Literally. I'm trying to think of up, uh, the blue flame. That's how you know. Um, I was trying to think of upcoming Netflix adaptations that I know about. None of them seem to fit this. Um, I haven't a clue. Uh, yeah. We'll say not a clue. Okay. We're just going to say Underworld because we don't know. As the Underworld turns. <laughs> <laughs> this is called Lore Olympus. Hmm. Oh, never would have got there. Yeah. I'll have to look into that. Yeah. It's supposed to be very, very good. I haven't, I haven't watched it yet, but I'm excited to. Okay. Number nine. What country houses the largest McDonald's in the world, which can seat 650 guests and is located at a major city airport? At this McDonald's, you can order McShrimp, and at one time, you could also order McCurrywurst and McCurrywurst chicken sandwiches, although sadly, both have been discontinued. We're locked in. We're locked in. Although that food, I know, is popular somewhere else. Yeah, but... But, But I've been to that airport, and I don't remember a giant McDonald's, so... You might have missed it. Oh, I could have missed it. <laughs> Tokyo? No. 
Really? Um, when I think curry, I immediately think India. Um, and so I would think your big offerings would be obviously non-beef items. Um, but I, I can't, I, it could, I mean, it's possible, but do you have any other thoughts, Lauren? Dubai came to, to mind when she was talking, just thinking of like a major airport, um, that would have to house a lot of people, but. Oh, that's interesting. Other, but I don't kind of like Dubai. I don't know uh, the cuisine there very well, but I could see, I mean, curry's popular all over the place, so. Well known for having bigger versions of stuff. Stuff. Yeah. I, I would like Dubai. I, I'm satisfied locking that in if you are. Would you like to name the country for a correct answer? Sure. Uh, the UAE. Okay. Okay. Uh, yeah, we're, we're sure. So we went with a country with a lot of people and probably has big airports. And we just said India. And the currywurst, very popular in Germany. Ah. That, that, that's not our answer. Oh, that makes sense. We're saying India. Currywurst. It's Germany. It's Germany? Yeah. <laughs> I bet yeah, our friend. I flew. I flew. I was in the Munich airport and the Berlin airport, and I didn't see the McDonald's. It's at the, it's at the Frankfurt. Get uh, the uh, out of here. <laughs> the one. The one you I bet our friend uh, Jeffrey Segurton has been to this McDonald's. He's been, I would like, think he's so. been to every, every McDonald's. He's been to all the. the That's how I base ones. all my McDonald's knowledge is off of his <laughs> wonderful world travels. Yeah, let us know, Jeffrey. We love your pictures. Frankfurt. <laughs> well, Frankfurt is a huge airport, is it not? The, the the one major airport that I wasn't in in Germany. <laughs> Question 10. The 90s and early 2000s were the height of teen movie excellence. Some of the greatest were loosely some of the greatest were loosely based on classic literature. 10 Things I Hate About You is based on Shakespeare's The Taming of the Shrew and Clueless is based on Jane Austen's Emma. What 2006 film did William Shakespeare's Twelfth Night influence and is one of Channing Tatum's first film roles? I think I know this one, Lauren. Good. I, I had lunch with one of the actors from this movie, and I specifically yeah. asked him about this movie, and he's like, no one ever asks me about that movie. <laughs> <laughs> so it was great. The director? One of the actors. Oh, the actor. Yeah. Which actor? I don't want to give it away. He's from uh, Step Up to the Streets. <laughs> well, then I wouldn't know. How would I know that? Uh, Either way, we're locked. What'd you say? Yeah. Um, I think... This is Channing Tatum is in She's the Man with Amanda Bynes. So, yeah. uh, we also locked in with the Amanda Bynes classic She's the Man. And who's the actor who you suspect? Um, is it David Cross? No, it was Robert Hoffman. He was the male lead from Step Up to the Streets. <laughs> he was the he was the mean friend of Channing Tatum, who's the goalkeeper. It'd been way cooler uh, if it was David Cross. Can you imagine asking David Cross <laughs> about She's the Man? <laughs> It's like, dude, of all the things I've done. Well, no, I I, I asked him about it because uh, so he, I knew I worked with a guy who was a, a b boy who was a break dancer, <laughs> and Robert Hoffman is a classically trained dancer. He once had the world record for the most pirouettes in a row. Um, but uh, he went to my friend to learn how to break dance, and so my friend hooked me up with him uh, when I was in L.A. once. And um, yeah, we were just talking. I was like, you know, I've seen She's the Man like twenty times. He's like, no one has ever said that to me. <laughs> Speaking of breakdancing, I just finished Neil's book, and now I can breakdance. It, it, it does provide miracles, I will say that. So is She's the Man correct? Yes, She's the Man is correct. Uh, I don't know if it's or not. It was actually Ladybugs, sorry. Oh, love Ladybugs as well. Yeah, we used to watch that all the time, Maury. Yeah, we did. Classic <laughs> and then the, the young actress uh, grew up and was in um, Eyes Wide Shut, randomly. <laughs> Okay, great. Uh, cool story. Cool story, bro. Cool story, bro. Thanks for making me feel weird about it. Well, you love, you love Eyes Wide Shut. I Chef. do love Eyes Wide Shut. Uh, Fidelio. Fidelio. Okay, after the second half of that round, it looks like Mario Lopez Dispensers picked up 20 points, bringing their regulation total to 110. And Spano's Excitement uh, only got that last question right for 10 points, bringing their total to 125. That's so, a close game. So those are mm -hmm. the points they have to wager with. So let's hear the categories. So categories are super simple. I'm just going to give you descriptions of who, what, where, when, and why. And the waitresses are now locked in. Let's go ahead and get the questions. Okay. So I'm just going to give you a description. You have to tell me who I am. All right. It's 1610 in the kingdom of Hungary, and I have been sentenced to confinement in my castle as punishment for my crimes. My servants have been tried and convicted for aiding me in my slaughter throughout the years. I will go down in history as the most prolific and murderous female serial killer ever, 
with historians estimating my body count anywhere from 60 to 650 young girls. Folklore will know me as Countess Dracula and the Bloody Countess due to my rumored vampire-like tendencies of bathing in the blood of my victims. Perhaps my surname destined this behavior. Who am I? So what am I? Thomas Edison and William Dixon invented me in the early 1890s. I am the predecessor and catalyst to the motion picture film projector, sharing a similar concept where a strip of film passes between a lens and an electric light bulb to create the illusion of moving objects. Unlike the film projector, I am a single person viewing device where one person can look through the people at the top of me to witness various moving objects and animals. What am I? Okay. Where? I'm in the driest non-polar place on earth. So dry, it gets less than one millimeter of precipitation each year, and some areas have even reported no rainfall at all. This natural feature spans across four countries and is situated along two mountain ranges, the western side of the Andes and the Chilean coast range. Where am I? When? It is quite the eventful year in the U.S. In this year, George Washington was sworn in as president for his second term and held his first cabinet meeting as president. He also laid down the cornerstone in the United States Capitol building. Another cornerstone was laid this year as my alma mater, UNC Chapel Hill, which celebrates University Day every October 12th to commemorate the first construction of Old East, which is the oldest university building in the country. Also in this year, a yellow fever epidemic broke out in Philadelphia, killing thousands. This year also held significant events to the French Revolution with the execution of Louis, the, Louis the XVI and Marie Antoinette. And shortly after, the French First Republic declared war on Great Britain, the Dutch Republic, and Spain. What year is this? Why? I'm at the dentist awaiting a filling. The dentist enters and gives me a shot of Novocaine to numb me for the procedure. Shortly after, I start to panic as I can still feel some parts of the drill. This is exactly why I hate coming here. The dentist quickly shoots me up with more Novocaine. They end up having to give me 20% a higher dosage than the average person in order to numb me fully. What gene mutation and phenotypic trait might I possess that explains this? All right, I better bust uh, Neil's book back out and see if I can find these answers in it. Uh, we'll be right back. You can spend less time staying in the know about all things gaming and get more time to actually play the games you love with the IGN Daily Update Podcast. All you need is a few minutes to hear the latest from IGN on the world of video games, movies, and television with news, previews, and reviews. You'll hear everything from Comic-Con coverage to the huge Diablo 4 launch. So listen and subscribe to the IGN Daily Update wherever you get your podcasts. That's the IGN Daily Update, wherever you get your podcasts. Everybody shush! William Shatner has something to say. Cat and Jethro, box of oddities. What do you do when the woman you love dies? Well, of course, you dig her up and you live with her. Aww. The show examines weird things. There are plenty of old photographs from this time period of children out in the streets playing in and among the dead horse carcasses. Oh, I miss those days. Things used to be so much simpler. Cat and Jethro. Then there's the urine wheel, which sounds like a really bad game show. They've done weird things. Cat and Jethro, box of oddities. That is really mysterious. Join Cat and Jethro Gilligan-Toth for the strange, the bizarre, the unexpected as they lift the lid and cautiously peer inside the box of oddities. The Webby Award-winning Box of Oddities podcast from Airwave Media. And we're back. I found through Neil's book, and I uh, learned kung fu and classical piano. However, I, I don't say, believe I found the answers for these questions in it. No, but uh, if you do uh, go to trivialitypodcast.com, so Swayze, you'll get 30% off for your next copy of the book, and maybe that'll make you feel better. All right. There's that. Uh, let's get the questions one more time and uh, just accept our fate, Matt. Sounds about right. All right. So for who... Who is Countess Dracula and the Bloody Countess? All I could really go off of for this one is that, like, in fiction, when there's usually, like, a female Baroness vampire, it's usually Carmilla. So that's what we put. 
All right, for 15 points, um, I actually had seen this uh, come across my radar the other day, but this was something I had heard before. And we said Elizabeth Bathroy. This is Elizabeth Bathory. Or Bathory, yeah. Um, oh, no points. No oh points. my God. <laughs> <laughs> All right, what? So what is the predecessor to the motion picture film projector? Uh, we weren't sure about this one either. We just said Nickelodeon. We think that's like the theater, but um, that's the best we could come up with. And uh, this was all Jeff on this one, but we said kinetoscope. It is the kinetoscope. <laughs> all right. Where? What is the driest nonpolar place on Earth in between the Andes and Chilean coast range? Uh, best we could say with that uh, geography um, for 10 points, we said Patagonia. I think this is the Atacama Desert. This is the Atacama Desert. Mm. Also, Goodbye, all of our points. Also known as the Oxford <laughs> Comma Desert. <laughs> <laughs> also a hill I would die on. <laughs> um, all right, when? So in what year were Marie Antoinette and Louis XVI executed? UNC got the cornerstone of its first building, and George Washington was sworn in for his second term. Uh, we said for zero points, 1786. And um, this had nothing to do with me, but I will answer. This was all Jeff. We said 1793. It is 1793. Crushing it, Jeff. Well done. What is this? <laughs> I know all of the presidents and all of the dates. Mm. So in 1793, Washington again, the president shall be. Oh, duh. Yeah. You know the old saying. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> about the yellow fever epidemic and apparently it's a really big event in philadelphia mm -hmm. history called the yellow fever epidemic of 1793 so gotcha it was dean smith's first year at unc so like it all yeah, <laughs> ouch okay mm. um so why why is it that me being shot up with novocaine multiple times i'm still not numb what mutation slash phenotypic trait might i possess um, we said the technically correct, but for this question, wrong answer of nerve sensitivity uh, for 20 points. And um, I feel pretty good about this one because everybody in my family but me, um, I think, has this because the majority of you guys have red hair. So I think that that's the trait you have. You have red hair. It makes you less susceptible to Novocaine. That is correct. It is red hair. Red nice. Hair Thank you. Oh, yeah. Oh, everyone awaiting these scores to see who won the game. <laughs> <laughs> it was very close. Shut up. <laughs> Shut up. Just... Uh, looks like Team Mario Lopez Dispenser. Don't even worry about it. Don't lost 70 points. <laughs> Negative um, 30. Their, their total is going to be 40 Ooh. going uh, into the game. And then uh, looks like uh, Spano's Excitement picked up 75 points, batting perfect in that round, bringing their total to 200 and they're today's cream of the crop unjustifiably in a position i'd rather not be in but the cream will rise to the top oh yeah i think we should change the final round <laughs> to suit me more <laughs> how would it suit you more what would be the best way to do that? all the questions have to be in my wheelhouse <laughs> okay just all only japan finals question one japan i know question more, two, more veganism. I, question I know three. other stuff than japan guys <laughs> This is a this yeah. is a stereotype. The internet yeah, has, has spoken. Me. You don't. You know guys spoke. German the, McDonald's. You, you seize the internet against me. <laughs> uh, well, yeah. Congratulations to to Jeff and Lauren. I I feel like that was a real team effort, and uh, that was a that was a good one. That was a good pairing. So I'm I'm glad we had fun. We ended up winning in the end. So thank you for uh, for joining us today. Oh, thank you, and I'm. And uh, I chose wisely, Jeff, because you definitely carried us there a few times. So I appreciate it. Hey, it goes both ways. I would have never remembered that worms and vermicelli were the same thing. So <laughs> I'm glad you didn't choose me. That's for sure. It would have been a would have been had 30 points at the end of the game. It would have been Elizabeth <laughs> Bath bloodbath. <laughs> and uh, Christina, it's all your fault that we had a great time and a great round of questions. Yeah. Today. Well, I will take ownership for that for sure. <laughs> well, thanks Thank again you. for coming on. Any uh, last shout outs today? I would like to shout out my nonprofit. I know I plugged them in the beginning, but um, uh, I'm very passionate about what we do. We uh, actually, a lot of research that we do is in epidemic um, research. I work with some paleopathologists and epidemiologists. Um, 
So if you're interested or enthusiastic about archaeology or bioarchaeology, we do take donations. Uh, our webpage is irlabnp.org, and all um, all donations are tax deductible. Any little bit or any amount does not is appreciated. Any amount is appreciated. But even if you just want to go browse the webpage and take a look at what we do, or if you're an aspiring archaeologist and you want to be in the field, you can apply for one of our field schools through there as well. Very good. That's awesome. Uh, any final shout outs for you, Lauren? Yeah, I would love to shout out to all the school nutrition professionals, um, definitely across our country and worldwide. They're usually the unsung heroes of, um, you know, our society in general. But with the pandemic, especially in the beginning when we didn't know what this was and everybody was told to stay home and hunker down, we were out there and making sure that those children were fed. And um, it's a huge task that you all take on every day. And I'm just very appreciative to all of you out there. And um, so thank you for all that you do. And then just my one last shout out to my family, um, Kyle, Olive, and Cal. I really hit the jackpot with you three. So um, Cal doesn't quite say the word a lot. He'll say um, it's all the days. So to quote Cal Pal, I love you guys all the days. So oh. thank you for being such a great family. We shouldn't even do our clothes because that was so sweet. That was sweet. That was. Oh, we like, must. We, yeah, we must. You're right. We must persevere. We will trample over that with our nonsense. Uh, well, uh, to all of our listeners and Patreon supporters, we love you all the days, and we'd love to thank uh, Matt, Ken, Jeff, myself, Lauren, and Christina. That was triviality. Birds are geese. Yeah. Gaggle of geese. A, not a gobbler. A goblet of fire. We do a, too mu- a little too much <laughs> gaggling over here. That was fantastic. It's one of your better words. So. Yeah. Um, you were due. Okay. <laughs>